You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. We would be honored if you would join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Damn Dolphins Podcast. Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. Nope, it's never gonna get old. I love our opening. It's so it's good. It's so perfect. It's like you got the you got the, you got the music crescendoing. It's like old Sam Spence music. You you you, you are the master of editing, bro. I love all the Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> there, there, there used to be a lot more where that came from back in the day, but I don't know. Somehow I lost most, most of all my little files. It's the um, internet, man. You can but, it. yeah, how, how, how are things? How have things been since our last uh, podcast? It's been okay. You know, I just mostly work. I started school again, taking a class. Uh, Gotta get my education. Oh yeah, your education in what? Finance. Finance. Yeah. You don't want to be a bartender like me. I I wouldn't mind if I owned the bar. <laughs> okay. I actually always Sounds wanted to. Good. Own bar. Actually, I actually have uh, an idea. You could. A bar idea. Um, but that's another topic for now. All right, Rob. When you create your bar, I'll come and work for you, and we'll get the podcast every night. Ooh. Get more episodes. We'll do a podcast through our through our bar. More episodes lead to more disciples in the damn dolphins world. Damn dolphins. In the damn How about dolphins. them dolphins, man? How about them How dolphins? About them okay. Dolphins. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. Alright, let's really start the show now. Okay. Alright, the Dolphins beat the Falcons in Hard Rock Stadium 37 to 17. Tua had 183 passing yards, one touchdown. Impressive. Uh, he was playing without uh, starting receivers. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Albert Wilson. Most impressive. And he still had a, a good game. He looked sharp. And uh, what do you, Robbie? I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Robbie everything because we really need his opinions because he's watched a lot of quarterbacks over the years. That is correct, Commander. So. Uh, what did Tua prove to you in this game and the preseason? Well, for one thing, it, he looks like he is getting a grasp over the new offense, which I think is more catered to him. I, I've complained about this all year last year. I never thought Chan Gailey's offense worked with him. I, 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 uh, Tua has admitted that he didn't understand the playbook or couldn't get to the playbook or something like that. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. I know he's made comments about that. I felt like Chan Gailey more felt more like a hire for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa, which is true. It's definitely true. That is correct, Commander. Um, you know the two the two offensive coordinator thing. It it's something. It's something. You know you have to try something, right? But yep. he does look a little more confident in the offense. Um, he's making connections to whatever weapon he can work. He doesn't feel like he's all. Targeting one person kind of guy. I, I like the fact that he's spreading the ball around. I love his connection with Mike Gusecki. This is one of the reasons why I hope 
Miami does the right thing and pay Mike Gusecki very well after this season, which I hope they do. I do think they have a, like a really good connection and, you know, can't, you can't let a security blanket like him just walk away. Um, now, let's keep it fair, though. I'm trying to be consistent with this idea we should not take everything preseason seriously. First of all, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Their defense is bad. They have a really bad defense. They had a historically bad defense last year, and they look like their defense is still going to be bad this year. So we need to take that to consideration. Um, so we, so you know, we can't really judge any of these quarterbacks, whether it's a Tua or a Burrow or a Herbert or any of the new rookies that are coming out, until you know they start playing into the actual um, regular season. You know, I'm assuming I'm assuming Herbert will, you know have just a strong second year as he had a first year. Still not super hype about him. Um, did I say I said Herbert, right? Okay. Uh, Burrow, we don't know what's up with his knee. He might be playing scared at this point. Um, but to, uh, you know, we need to see it against real teams with real first team reps and real defenses and everything. So I will take this as a great assault, but so far, two games in preseason, he has looking a little bit sharper. He looks a little more confident. I don't think his hip is bothering as much as he did last year, which I do think hindered a lot of him last year. And it's going to be an interesting – this is going to be a very interesting season, in my opinion. I think we have an elite defense. I think we have a really great special teams. I love Flores as a coach. I think this is definitely the year we do see if Tua – is the long-term solution or not. I hope he is. I do not want another quarterback uh, carousel thing going on here. We need some consistency in that position. But in terms of that game with the Falcons, it was a really impressive game on both offense and defense. Uh, clearly, they're kicking, they're, they're clicking. Uh, I expect a, a very strong season from the Dolphins. And yeah, let's get hype. You know, I'm hype. I'm, I'm I am excited. I know you're excited, but are you a true believer? In Tua? Yeah, well, I've believed mm-hmm. in Tua since he got drafted. Even last year, I just saw some promise in him. I just think that I think a mix of our injured receiving core, and honestly, I just I think I feel like he overachieved. This. I feel like maybe overachieved is not the right word, but I did feel like he that offense. I thought really handcuffed him to a point where I'm not saying he was meant to fail. I just I just felt Chan Gailey just did not work with two at all. I remember you were the one that was complaining about that hire, I believe. Yeah, I complained about the hire and I complained about the QB switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, the, the the QB switch really did not, in hindsight, really didn't make any sense at that point because Fitzpatrick, for the most part, was playing real very good football during that whole season. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Tua is like we we went through a whole tank job for this guy. This was the dude we wanted. Um, 
obviously we were trying to trade up for Joe Burrow. If we were the if we were the first overall pick, we put it we would have taken Joe Burrow, no question asked. But Tua was the dude that this plan, this whole tank job plan was to get him. So that was the plan. And we got him. We're gonna stick by him. I don't they're not gonna give up on him yet. Uh, I do think the the media coverage on him is a little unfair. I know Colin Cowherd has been a very big um, critic. I'll say critic. I'm not going to use the term hater, but I'll use the term critic. He's a non He's definitely a non He still doesn't really buy in him. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. But it was an impressive win, prison preseason win. You know, preseason doesn't mean sh- anything, but I almost cursed there. Uh... That's okay. I can always edit I, it out. I didn't. I didn't curse them. Mm. Look, the point okay. is, you looked really good. He looked really good in preseason. I know he's. They're not gonna make. They're not gonna play him in the live final game. Uh, I would have liked to see him play at least one more game, but you know he is gonna be the starter day one. So, I guess there's really no point to that. All right. Well, I thought in this game he looked sharp, man. The last two games, he started off pretty strong. The force is with him. I thought he even started off strong here. He, you know, he, his first drive was an opening drive touchdown. He used a lot of Miles Gaskins in it. I mean, and he's playing against. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 playing without his his top receivers again. I I remember. Uh, Last year, when we weren't so impressed with them, well, when I wasn't originally so impressed with them during that uh, Cardinals game, I know he had a, I know he had a strong game, and I know that they did win the game, and it was like a back and forth kind of shootout kind of game, um, and I was just like, yeah, he performed pretty good, he was solid, but I didn't think he was special, and then you brought to my attention that you know he lost Preston Williams in that game and some other people. And I was just like, you know what? That's that's a pretty good observation because we're trying to look for a guy who can still perform uh, with a degree of adversity, uh, you know, yep. on him. And that's and because Ryan Ryan Tannehill couldn't do those kind of things. Ryan Tannehill needed like the protection, his best guys on the field, a good running game that's being used. And but but Tua, he he's been able to make plays without his top three guys being on the field. And I think that's a really good sign. He's being accurate with everybody. He's placing the ball where it could be. And he just he just looks sharp, man. He started off strong. And unlike the Bears game, this time he was able to finish strong. Uh, you know, right before – I think right before halftime, uh, he had about like 20 seconds to get the, the Dolphins in the field goal range, and he was able to do that. All too easy. I mean, it was a long field goal. It was like a 58-yard field goal. And and Jason Sanders, who got an extension, well deserved. Uh, extension. Missed the kick. I mean, it is, it is a long well field deserved. goal, though. So I'm not gonna. It, it, it was a long field goal, so I'm not gonna like knock Jason Sanders for not making that. Nah, but um, you know that that's a well earned extension for Jason Sanders. Let's just say that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He's he's been fantastic. I remember when he was competing against Greg Joseph, uh, in that training camp, and Greg Joseph was like. Uh, I, I haven't really paid attention to what kickers come in and out of the training camp, but I remember I was looking at him and Jason Sanders because they were both new faces, and, and Greg Joseph was just awful. He was missing like every like almost almost any easy kick you could think of. He was missing, so I knew Jason Sanders was going to run away with the job. How good I thought Jason Sanders was going to be, I had no idea, but 
he's been pretty damn solid for us uh, as a Dolphin. Definitely. So. Why am I talking about kickers? See? Oh, my God. That, that's my own fault. I brought that up. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, the the, the, the guy, like, two. I'm not going to say he's going to be the next Drew Brees, but I have to, like, compare him to Drew Brees just because of his playing style. He's really accurate. He's got a solid arm. Uh, and, you know, he's not the most mobile guy. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll try to use his legs here and there, but he's not going to outrun anybody, I don't feel. Um, so, he ha- in order for him to have success, he has to play – uh, with protection like Drew Brees did uh, so he could show off his accuracy and his intelligence. And uh, he's been making all the right decisions, and I believe in him. And um, I was debating whether or not <laughs> I, I, I was uh, I was debating whether or not I wanted to, like, have this question on the show. But, but since we love, uh, you know, <laughs> hating on Ryan Tannehill here and there <laughs> a little bit, um, how do you feel – about Tua now compared to our last franchise QB and Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. Like, compare the two in their first two well, seasons, if you can. I believe part of Rant, or I just feel overall. Like one of the biggest issues with Ryan Tannehill is that he ha- there's like there's a Mitch Trubisky thing about him where he will always be part of that QB class of potential elite quarterbacks that came out and he was one of the the odd man ones that are out. You know, Andrew Luck was the number one pick and, you know, Andrew Luck was this great QB up until where he physically broke down to a point where he just couldn't, like, play anymore. Robert Griffin III was the the offensive rookie of the year, though he eventually himself broke down. (laughs) Um... And, you know, Russell Wilson, who's literally having a Hall of Fame career. And then they're just Ryan Tannehill. You know, not that much hype coming out. He just had a lot of physical tools. He didn't have that many starts in college. And, you know, and he was the rookie that he looked okay. But, like, you didn't really see the special him like you saw in uh, Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck and even Robert Griffin for that time. So I do think there is a, a little, like, it's kind of a Mitch Trubisky kind of feel where you're always going to be compared to those other guys because they were so successful so fast. And Mitch Trubisky will always be the guy that's always compared to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, two studs who are took the league by storm really fast. So... I was, but I was still liking Tannehill after that first season. I did saw something, you know, maybe not something, but I, maybe I was just being too much of a homer. That maybe I was looking with blind eyes. It, it was definitely as the game kept going, as the years passed, where I just saw the nothing about him special about him. Because there was, Tannehill, the problem with Tannehill is there is nothing special about him. He is literally the epitome of an average quarterback. He can get you 8-8, eight and eight, but with an elite running game, you can win 9-10 games, which is showing in uh, Tennessee. Like, Tennessee is a perfect analogy of what Ryan Tannehill can accomplish when you do give him something to work with. He's, he's he, he can't carry a team, but 
he can give you some consensus, consistency, which I guess even he when was he was gave us a little bit of consistency, in a way. Tua though, even the games where like yeah he had a couple of stinkers last year where he got benched. There's no debating that. But the games he looked really good. He looked really good. I thought he looked great against Arizona. I thought he looked great against Kansas City. I think he was, I thought he looked great. In, I think the games he looked really great. He looked like, whoa, this guy looks like he could be special. He is an accurate passer. Like This guy can be one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I think now, one, he's got a more deeper receiving core. And now I think he has an offense that's very catering and very to his skill sets. We'll get to see like the truthness in what we will see in Tua. And remember Tua was a Remember, remember, also remember, Tua was like a highly prospect quarterback since his high school days. This is a guy, this wasn't some like walk-on and or some dude who was just like a receiver and they just converted him to a quarterback just because like he was just really athletic. We got, we're dealing with a guy who literally was like a major quarterback prospect coming out of high school. He goes to the best program in the country in Alabama and in the national championship game, literally took over the second half and rallied that team to a national championship. There, He is a better prospect than Ryan Tannehill will ever be, and I think he will eventually be a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill because you just see it. He's more accurate. He's a way better passer. Like, I never thought Ryan Tannehill was a good passer, honestly. Like I always thought his, throw, his throwing mechanics – we're so like I never saw beautiful throws out of Ryan Tannehill. Like they were very like they always kind of like when he throws it, it looks like the ball is slanting downward, and I never saw like perfect arcs and perfect touch or anything. Tannehill was just a you know a pretty good athlete who could like uh, like I still don't really know what Tannehill is honestly. If I'm being really honest, I still don't know. I, I still never. I wanted to see special in him. I don't see special in him. I see special in Tua. The only thing that's going to hold Tua back is his height, which I do think is a concern. No matter what, don't give me Drew Brees and don't give me Drew Brees and uh, Russell Wilson. Those are though they are out. They are all the time outliers, and he has a long history of getting hurt. And that's, and that's the price we're paying for drafting him. We need to accept the fact that he he could be a finger poke of doom away from going to IR. Something to consider. Okay. Well, in my opinion, opinion I think he's... Matter. I know it doesn't matter, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so, my opinion, like, I think Tua right now is light years ahead of where Ryan Tannehill was, (laughs) like in year two. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, there were so many things to work on. 
his first year, um, I think it was his first game, actually. Uh, you know, there was concerns about him getting his passes batted down on the line of scrimmage. Uh, there were concerns about his ball location. Can he throw the deep ball? We go get him Mike Wallace because he didn't have any weapons. But then he couldn't even hit Mike Wallace deep, even though Mike yeah, Wallace uh, yeah, would be he, like he was, five yards never, ahead of the defender. He was never a good deep ball, accurate throw. There was a lot of stats that yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So has the arm, has the athleticism, has all has all the physical talent you need to be a quarterback. That's what Ryan Tannehill like, had. played the position. Yeah, but could he play the position? And that's something that he couldn't do. Uh, like, you know, he got Dustin Keller killed uh, prior to the, I think it was the 2014 yeah, season, threw the ball behind him, and Dustin Keller had to turn around, got hit by the defender in, in the yep. knee. Uh, Brandon Gibson, I think, tore his ACL on, on, on another pass like that in New England, and Brandon Gibson was having a good season. Um. I think he even threw, I, I want to say it was Rashard Matthews out of bounds. <laughs> and Rashard Matthews, like, I, I think, it, I'm pretty sure it was Rashard Matthews, but correct me if I'm wrong. It was some Dolphins receiver that was just lying on the ground because he, like, Ryan Tannehill threw him out, outside of the sideline, and that guy was just laying almost unconscious, like, on the sideline for a couple of minutes. So, like, Ryan Tannehill would get some guys killed, plus – uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, like, nice guy, super hard worker. And, like, and, did, and like, in fairness to him, I will admit that maybe deep down he never really got a good um, environment around him, honestly. I, I mean, true. now they, we did hire Mike Sherman, that was his college coach, as the OC. So I, don't, I do believe – he did get high, he did get drafted by the right team. Miami made sense to draft him. It's just that, you know, after a while, Joe Philbin famously has reported that he wanted the, the team to draft Derek Carr, and then eventually, freaking um, his coach. He eventually had Adam Gase as his head coach, and Adam Gase is coaching cancer. Um, and he never, and in fairness, Ryan Tannehill, he never really had a great offensive line either. And we don't even know if Tua has a good offensive line now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably better than Ryan Tannehill ever had, though. But, but anyway, there's just certain aspects in Tannehill's game. You know, he never, he never knew how to move in the no, pocket. He never knew how to step his up. His body on the edge so bad. Yeah, it was, it was bad. His uh, processing of the field took a little too long. Uh, you know, there's, you know, even even when he was throwing deep passes, there's ways to throw a deep pass without sitting in the pocket for like five seconds. Like, like, like Tua knows it. Tua could see that. Uh, Tua and Fitzpatrick and like other quarterbacks, they, they could identify that one-on-one matchup on the outside, and they'll and and they'll just sit. You know, they'll they'll drop back. They'll sit there for a second, and they'll just like, you know, they'll 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 throw a nice touch touch pass up there. Yeah, like I, for what you're sounding like. The best way to say it is this. But Ryan Tannehill had the physical gifts to play the position. He just didn't have the mental aspect to make it work. Yeah. Tua has all the mental aspects to play the position. The big question is, can't will he have a high will he ever have a high enough ceiling to counteract the fact that he is still short and very and brittle. Yeah. And I don't mean to I don't mean to like <laughs> 
I know Dolphins fans are going to take this the wrong way because they're just going to be like, oh, you're just a Tanny hate or whatever. But, like, I bring up past quarterbacks that we've had in order to make sure that the guy that we have now is is better than what we used to have. Because the whole point of being a Dolphins fan and about being a team is to move forward with a better yeah. person. And I feel like we're doing that. Yeah. I feel like we have a quarterback that knows how to play the position is accurate, smart. Look, he's he's getting so much more of a, a handle. Look, if, on, if the on organization really believed in Tannehill, they would have never traded him. They would have stuck by yeah, him. Brian Flores would have hit on to him. But the organization knew. I got to give Miami this. They knew after that final year with Gase, Brian Tannehill with his injury issues at that point. They knew it was just time to go with a completely different direction. And by the way, it's I think it's worked out for both teams. You know, Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill has a career resident renaissance with uh, Tennessee. I mean, he beat out the number two overall pick <laughs> for the starting job. They, uh, Marcus Mariota, com- completely lost that job to Ryan Tannehill of all people, and Ryan Tannehill led that team to the AFC Championship game. I yeah, you did. It. You did. You were jo- you jokingly predicted it. it, but you predicted it. Yeah, I predicted that the they could beat the Ravens. I've also predicted like once Tannehill got that, that it was the only a matter of time before uh, the coaches see what he can do in practice, and they're gonna fall in love with him, and he's gonna run away with that job. I don't know. They, I don't know if it's the fact they fell in love with him. I just think that they got so fed up with Mariota and his yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, the grass is always greener, especially when you have a quarterback like Mariotti that just gets hurt all the time and can't throw. Yeah, can't throw, hurt all the time, inconsistent. Not questions about whether – questions about his leadership. I don't think he ever truly embraced playing, being a quarterback of a team, honestly. I think he was just – and I I was – and if anybody ever listened to me, I've I've been very – I was always – Never in the. I was never a Marcus Mariota guy coming out. I thought he was. I, I always thought he was nothing more but a product of that Chip Kelly offense, and it, it showed. Yep. But then again, mm-hmm. I also thought Jameis All Winston right. was going to be the next was going to be another Andrew like type talent coming out, and I was definitely wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, well, talent wise, I think well, he's pretty close. Guy throws too many picks, and he's in the Saints making peanuts and cracker jacks. Bro, like, come on, yeah, let's. But I'm, I, he could I, be the next starting quarterback of the Saints. I, you never I, know. Hey, I'm just talking. I'm purely talking about talent, dude. His talent. His talent. He could make every throw. He's in the black ball. Blake Bortles. No, he's not. I don't know why you keep saying that, dude. Anyway, so uh, our next quarterback on the list is our our fearless veteran, uh, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> he went for 99 yards in the game, one touchdown. Uh, Brissett is just like he's he's only going to come in there if Tua gets hurt. That we we just know that right now. There's no real quarterback competition. I know after uh, the preseason that Brissett's had, uh, some of the Dolphins fans are like trying to like push to have an argument that who's Brissett's saying gonna, that? I don't know, man. It's just on social media. Oh my just, god! Some of these Stop listening to people on social crazy. media, man. Yeah. I know. I, I do try to ignore it, but sometimes it's just like it's just like really, are we really trying to push that uh, narrative there, right there now? There is no but, narrative. There's no such. I don't know where you're getting that from. Maybe I'm not on Twitter yeah. as much as you are, 
Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard today. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but it, I, I'm just saying, man. It, it like after that game, I just I just saw a couple posts of uh, you know here and there Dolphins fans like clamoring for. Didn't Brissette ask, to be the didn't that's all, against that's Chicago? He did not play that good against Chicago. Yeah, he's okay, but uh, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he's to to be honest, man. I was always kind of like bored with. Jacoby Brissett as a backup quarterback around the league. Like, I knew he was good. I knew he wasn't going to turn over the ball. I knew he was accurate, uh, smart, um, you know, probably he, – he, but but definitely uh, since he's been on the Dolphins, he's definitely better than I give him credit for because I've watched him a handful of times in practice and definitely in the games. Like, sometimes he just looks, like, very similar to he, – he looks like a taller version of, like, to a tag of, oh my god! Uh, tag of below it to me. Just, just sometimes, man. He's, he has good touch. He's accurate. He's smart. He play. He plays with a nice poise. Oh my! Uh, he just knows. He's in tune with the offense. Oh my god! Like I'm not gonna say he's gonna be as good as Tua, nah, but, but like, it just it, I, but it. He just looks like a confident you're veteran. Like, you're, you're, now you're making. Now you're gonna, gonna make an argument. He should be the starter. This is annoying, bro. <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just trying to give him some credit, man. Like look, the guy looks look, like I, I, I more like than confident. I, like Jacoby, I think he's be. a solid. I think he is who he is. He's a solid backup, occasional starting quarterback. He, I will, mm-hmm. I like, I love him as a backup. I love him as a locker room leader guy. Uh, so since Tua seems like a type of player that might get dinged up once in a while, he's someone I could trust for a game or two. But like. Let's let's cool the brakes of like, like oh he's this or that and he should he should vie for a position uh, against Tua blah, blah, blah. like stop we've seen this big, the Indianapolis Colts which had a better roster gave the dude a chance they they couldn't get could they couldn't wait to freaking um, get old man Rivers and Carson Wentz Let, let's cool it. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett. He's solid. I have no I beef it. with the guy. I like him. I do. But first of all, I don't even believe this social media thing crying for him. I, I think you're making that up. Mike. Just admit it. No, I've seen it. Well, I've I, seen I, it. I'm glad I'm not on Twitter because that's that's that's, yeah. annoying. that's insane. Well, I, 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 I'm sorry. I even go on social media from time to time. <laughs> and I really, I really go on it a lot less than I used to. But anyway, man, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I'm glad he's here. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, all I'm gonna yeah, say, yeah. man. I, I've seen him make some really, really nice throws hey, in man, practice. You need, you, so you need, you need I'm, a, a decent backup, you know. I mean, you don't want to be Atlanta right now, where they have mm-hmm. Felipe Franks and and who, AJ, by, McCarron. AJ McCarron. By the way, tore his ACL in that game against us. You know Jeez. who they signed? No. Oh, Josh Rosen. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. You know, Feel so bad for Josh Rosen. I mean, you, definitely by now you know he's just not going to make it as a starting quarterback. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, you know, if I, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I I liked him during his college days. I know there were a lot of questions about his attitude and stuff coming out, but I thought he would have been a very good prospect, NFL prospect. Arizona literally saw enough of him where they were willing to take the shorter QB the following year, first overall, over him. I I love that Miami took a risk on him, but clearly 
when a team is so a team that's really really bad and they're not even gonna like play him just to play him and see what they saw enough of him where they're like no no we're we're keeping Fitzpatrick. And this guy was in Tampa Bay's practice squad, the Niners practice squad, two really good teams with really good offensive-minded coaches. They gave up on him. It's And look, I still believe he was a product of just really, really bad organizations his first few years. Because those, those, those those, that Cardinals team and that Dolphins team were really bad. Yeah. But, man, at this point, when you're in your fifth year – and you're you're not even no no you're not you're in your fifth team and you're only on your fourth year of your rookie contract and while Lamar Jackson is an MVP and Baker Mayfield who I've been one of the all big time critics of him has won a playoff game and Josh Allen is now considered a top ten quarterback right now. You're a bust, bro. As simple as that. You clearly just mm-hmm. and every if in every draft, every QB heavy, every high prospect QB heavy draft, there's always that one bust. And Josh Rosen is that he's he's just that he's that he's that bust QB in a in a very good QB draft. There's always one. Yep. I totally agree. I, I, don't, I don't really fall into the narrative that Josh Rosen had a bad attitude. I just feel like he just he just has trouble with anticipating throws over the middle because I think he could throw down, down the sideline on the outside, do those comeback routes. When he gets on the move, he gets inaccurate. But like as long as he stays in the pocket, he can, he can make some, some good throws down the sideline. But, uh, but he, he just has trouble, man. When that middle of the field he gets crowded, he, he just seems to – Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. But we gotta we gotta keep it moving, man, because I gotta keep this podcast on for an hour. Okay. So yeah. anyway, okay, so uh running backs. Um Miles Gaskin had six carries for twenty seven yards. He had one rushing touch touchdown. He had four receptions, forty four yards, and one reception touchdown. So uh Malcolm Brown also had ten carries for forty three yards. Jared Dokes had seven carries for 30 yards. Uh, how do we feel about our running back group in this past uh, preseason game? Um, again, we this is preseason, and everybody's playing vanilla defenses, and Atlanta's defense is really bad, and I think they're going to be bad anyway on defense. So I really don't take this performance that seriously, if I'm being really honest. Um, again, it's no secret how I feel about our running back situation. Outside of Miles Gaskins, I think it's terrible. Uh, I hope things maybe change at some point during the season, but I'm not expecting anything special from well any of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, they. I love it, Robbie. I, I, I perform. I, I, I they perform really well. Yeah, against Atlanta, but again, I'm like the defense is it's a bad defense. It's like. I can't even take Tua's awesome game seriously because of that bad defense, man. You can't judge anything until you know you're in the you're in the season, regular season, where that's where all the the big boys play. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, clearly it's a running back by committee. Clearly, Miles Gaskins is their guy, just fine. Uh, you know, Miles Gaskins has proven to be. I, I mean, 
he's your number one by default. Uh, who else is good in that? Who else is good in that rotation? I don't know. Well, wait, way to hype up Dolphin Nation. Uh, I am hyping them up. I, I just hyped up their great defense <laughs> and their coach, and I'm hyping Tua. But I ain't gonna. Yeah, I, yeah. I am gonna. I am a realist, like you are. Yeah, I know. Well, the running back. I mean, if we're gonna do anything positive, I mean, the running game got going a little bit compared to the previous game against the Bears. Uh, Miles Gaskin, you know, like I like Miles Gaskin. Like I don't know what it is, but he he looks better like as far as him moving on the field like it, it, he just looks like better and sharper than he did the previous season so that's so that's okay. good too but um but you know he's a guy who could do a little bit of everything he could run inside he could get get to the outside he has a quickness about him the receiving ability Salvin Ahmed is like really similar to him except apparently like he's the, uh Ahmed can't block he's as the poor well man's miles yeah, 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 exactly. And then there's a poor man's Miles Gaskin in the same thing. Yeah, and then there's Malcolm Brown, who's just like the heavier, bigger plotter version of like those two. Uh, it, you know, you know, in this game, could just be the Falcons' defense being bad, but I mean, Malcolm Brown did have a uh, you know over four yards per carry. He did barrel in for a touchdown, which was a good sign compared to compared to last game against the Bears' defense, which is really good, by the way. Uh, yeah, this time Malcolm Brown was able to like barrel in for a touchdown in like a short yardage situation, which is basically what he's here for. He's supposed to be that kind of guy in the shorter yards, shorter yards, uh, yeah, shorter yard situations. Um, so I mean, it's nothing to get crazy about because you know our talent is just limited in that backfield. So it's just like I don't know, like. I don't feel like we're going to have the greatest rushing attack, but I do feel that since Flores comes from the Patriots and they like to use like kind of like that three-headed backfield sometimes, I feel like this backfield is going to be similar to the one that the Patriots had in like 2017 and 2018 where they had like LeGarrick Blunt, who was like the heavy, the heavy hitter, uh, Dion Lewis, who was like the balance guy, and then James White, who was like the passing down back. I feel like Gaskins is, you know, Dion Lewis, and Ahmed is like more like James White, and and, uh, and Malcolm Brown's going to be like the Lou Gehrig Blunt of the three. Lou Gehrig Blunt has always been way better than Malcolm Brown will ever be. Let's, let's be real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, hey, I get it, man. The, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins wanted to trust a guy who only started like what? Like three games to to be their next addition at the just, running back. Just position. remember though, the Rams, which is a very running centric offense, they let him. They literally let him go just because they don't need him. I mean, also the Rams mm-hmm. they traded for Sony Michelle just to consider. Um, yeah, during uh, seventh round, I think seventh, sixth or seventh round, uh, drafty uh, rookie Jared Dokes. Uh, has been showing me a little bit of something. He does have a better burst than I give him credit for, and he seems to be a little bit uh, quicker in his acceleration than I thought he would He would be. Um, he had seven carries for 30 yards. Um, yeah, but yeah, again, you know, like none of these guys are anything special. So let's just tamper expectations with them. <laughs> so offensive line, they, they played a lot better uh, this season. Uh, maybe that's because the Dolphins actually lined them up in the positions that they will succeed in this time. 
They actually put Solomon Kinley at guard. They actually put Liam Eikenberg back at right tackle that he's been at a tackle position that he's been playing all throughout his college days instead of at left guard where he's never played before. So, I mean, some smart coaching by the Dolphins. Offensive line protected Tua for the most part, uh, except for one sack for like three yards. Percet didn't get sacked. Uh, uh, Sinet didn't get sacked. So, I mean, it's a, you know, the offensive line created a pocket. You know who, you know who got, got sacked a lot? Um, AJ McCarron. By Sam, what's his name, Sam Ugaba or Sam or Iguavon? Yeah, he got sacked four times in that game. Mm -hmm. You know who got really sacked nasty? Did you see that hit on Justin Fields? uh, Yes, he got clobbered. I I I bring it up because he mentioned a comment that the that the NFL felt slow to him. (laughs) Yeah. You you the like something any young kid listening to this podcast because maybe you love the Dolphins and one day you're gonna be a quarterback and you're gonna be an NFL quarterback. Don't don't take the NFL lightly. You you show a little bit of cockiness, you will get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. It happened to two before the Broncos game. Tell him, tell him the story, Robbie. To uh, thought it would be a lot. Didn't realize it would be this easy. I believe those were the comments. It's been a while since I remember. And then what happened? That Denver game was a complete disaster. And yep. Justin Fields literally said that he thought the game felt slow to him. Oh, look what happened! Some some dude literally went on blocked and literally drove him, knocked off his helmet, and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't ever make comments like those, bro. Because, because this, you don't disrespect- this league will humble you big time. Yes. Even Baker Mayfield got humbled at some point. Some of the unwritten rules in this league are don't respect the terrible towel and don't disrespect the NFL. Yep. You will you pay. The football gods will hear you and they will they will shut you up. Anyway, so, all right. So let's, let's get sidetracked. Continue on, Mike. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to make this quick. So we're got what, like 18 minutes. So um, play calling overall in this past game, how, how, do, how do you feel about yeah, it? It looks good. Nice uh, mix of – I do like the – you know, they did balance it out. Good mix of passing and running, establishing the run to work the passing game. You know, uh, not much to say. You know, it's just one of those games where, for the most part, we – Complete a complete game on offense, defense, and special teams. You know. Mhm. All right. Well, my take on it is uh, I liked. I really liked this play calling because uh, in their joint practices against the Falcons, the 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 Dolphins offensive line was really really shaky. Austin Jackson wasn't performing well. Jason uh, Jesse Davis had his rough days too, and. Um, Tua took some quick sacks, and then he also sat back for some coverage sacks where the pocket was just slowly collapsing around him, and he's eventually, uh, you know, he, he got some of these would-be sacks in practice. He's not allowed to get touched, but um, there it, it didn't look good by the offensive line. So I really, I, I really liked what they did in this game because they they were having some shaky offensive performances against the Falcons, 
And in this game, like the offense, like totally showed up. And I know the uh, Falcons weren't were resting a lot of their starters and stuff like that, but the the play calling was a lot better. Uh, they didn't they didn't they didn't ask Tua to sit in the pocket for very long. Uh, when he when he did sit back in the pocket and he felt that pressure, he was able to move up. Uh, Tua also got the 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 play calling was a mix of. Um, some uh, quick slants, some outs, some ins, like very short routes where Tua didn't need to sit back there for a long time in order to get the ball out and keep it moving. So also, uh, he also identified his safety valves and his running backs that he could dump off to. So I thought he did a good job recognizing and being in tune with offense, offense and I thought the play calling uh, really helped the Dolphins uh, succeed in this game because uh, they were able to limit uh, the negative plays. And uh, it led them to some successful drives and and uh, some cool moments like the uh, Gesicki thirty-yard uh, catch over the middle. So it was, it, you know, it was, it was good. It was a lot better because I feel like in the in the Bears game they were trying to push uh, the run, which wasn't working. There, it just felt like they were trying to to be very prideful in that sense. It's like, hey, let's let's that let's. Um, Let's start. Let's stress the run. Let's show them that we can push them around, stuff like that. But that stuff wasn't working. So this time, it seemed like they actually like played, you know, did the play calling a little bit smarter, and uh, you know, used something that would actually work and made sense. So, uh, so that's a good sign, especially because we got uh, two offensive coordinators, and. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know if one of them was calling the you, game when previously. You know, when you know you've been struggling on offense, you got to get two guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got to have a, and then and then you're gonna have uh, the quarterbacks coach involved. <laughs> get get a three headed uh, offensive uh, brainstorm going. Anyway, so. Uh, moving on to the defense, they played great. I wouldn't expect them to play any worse than what they did because, I mean, they're, they're playing against Felipe Franks and A.J. McCarron, and there's no Matt Ryan. There's no Calvin Ridley. There's no rookie monster and, and Kyle Pitts in the game. Has Kyle Pitts so, played yet? I, I don't know. I have no idea. But – I saw. I mean, I saw him in practice, but he didn't play in the game. Was he like? Did he look but, like a mountain in real life? Yeah, he's he's a big dude, and he he can move, man. He he, he made a uh, Duke Riley look small in practice. I'll tell you that. Now this um, is gonna be the all time. We'll find out one day. Did we ever? We did. We make the right choice uh, trading that third overall pick. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the trade, but man, Kyle Pitts is something. Jalen Waddle's yes, looking pretty good. No, yeah, Jalen Waddle's been good. Um, I wouldn't say he's like the guy in this offense, but he's a first round rookie. He's the only one that's seemed to stay healthy throughout this whole. And he pre-season. did get hurt in that preseason game, though. He, I heard he did came back. Yeah, because he's got a toughness about him. He doesn't yeah, just. He does. Like, he's really tough. I agree. Get, he doesn't get his foot stepped on and then just walk off like Devontae Parker does and just hang out on the sideline for the rest of the you game. Know, you heard Jamar uh, Chase, uh, the dude you want it forever. Um, well, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna Jamar Chase is actually he's got butterfingers. He keeps dropping balls. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't play this past year, so maybe he's rusty. Maybe, you know, you, you have sometimes when you come back rusty and you have one drop, it, it kind of 
it's kind of like a snowball effect and you just kind of get in a, in a rut for a little bit. Um, he's still very, very talented and I'm sure some way, somehow he's going to get his hands back. Uh, but I did, I did worry about him coming out of the draft because I, you know, you know, I said, I, I kind of felt like he was a one trick pony. I felt like a lot of his, his plays were just him kind of running deep on a post or deep down the sideline, making a catch and just taking it to the house. I didn't, I didn't, I know he was used over the middle, but I didn't feel like he he made as much of an impact over the middle of the field on on shorter on shorter plays than he did with his like you know those, those big plays. So I don't know. I kind of like just have my concerns in that kind of way, but I, I do think he is a guy who can do everything. And uh, but you know whatever. Let's let's stop talking about Jamar Chase. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> back to the defense. They played well. They had the Falcons the three points in the first half. Uh, Nick Needham had a couple good breakups at, at the goal line, and Sam Iguavone had those four sacks that we talked about. Um, I sure knows, defense sure is going to find good. those guys in, in, from Canada. You know, First you find Cameron Wake, and then you find uh, this guy. Mm-hmm. And we found Pat White, too, the greatest of them all. The best. The best. Uh Forever shall he reign. I don't know. Uh, so the the defense did a good job. This defense is just going to be good. I mean, you got you got Byron Jones there. He's a lockdown guy. Zayman Howard is the lockdown guy and a ball hawk. Uh, Nick Needham's having such a good camp that it looks like he's going to be the starter, even though we signed Justin Coleman and everybody was all like rooting for Justin Coleman. And he ha- and, Ju- and Coleman has had a good camp, but it just seems like. Uh, Needham's going to get the nod, I feel. And then we also got some good safeties. You know, McCordy used to play cornerback, but he's going to. But now that he's older, he's going to be safety. We got uh, Javon Holland there, I which think is going to be a fascinating pick. defensive rookie to watch. Yeah. They love him. They love him. Yeah, they love, they, they love him. They love him. He needs to work on his communication and vocal skills and kind of learning the defense a little bit faster. But, I mean – the guys are on the football. He can play a little bit of nickel. He can play safety, and uh, and he's coming along pretty quickly. So it's only a matter of time before uh, he gets in there. I do find it odd how Minka Fitzpatrick. They drafted Minka Fitzpatrick in the first round, and he could play nickel and he could play uh, free safety. But yet Brian Flores wouldn't let him play free safety. But then Brian Flores drafted this guy who has comparisons to a Minka Fitzpatrick, but probably isn't as talented. And Brian Flores is like, yeah, you can play free safety, and uh, you're pretty good at nickel too. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll use you for a little bit of everything, and no problem. But when it's Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a, who's a great – who's a far superior talent, uh, Brian Flores didn't allow him to, to do that right away. I don't know. I just find it weird. Uh, I love Flores, but that's definitely been like one flop about him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I just it doesn't make any sense. You don't make sense, Mike. Uh, you don't make sense. It, no, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Anyway, <clears throat> I think it's time. Well, we still are we going to discuss about the next game coming up? Uh, next game coming up, um, <sighs> the Cincinnati Bungles, my friend. 
The Cincinnati Bungles. All right, uh, Rob, if you want to talk about the Cincinnati Bungles, fine. But uh, let me just pre prelude you to the Cincinnati Bungles. you got to get this done really, really quick. Basically, two is not going to play. Devontae Parker and Will Fuller will play. and But uh, but Brian Flores said that most of the starters are not going to be playing in this game. So who they are and who's going to be in who's going to be out, I have no idea. But what he did say is that Fuller and Devontae Parker will practice. I mean, will play in this game. But Tua's going to sit. Why does? Why do that when Tua needs to practice with those two guys? I don't know. But uh, that's what he said. Well, that's all it is now. Because <laughs> it's the third preseason game, a meaningless game, against a bad team. Yeah. Okay, so I don't even know why you even brought it up to talk about like the Bengals game. But yeah, but, but, yeah, 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 yeah. But it is it is weird because since Tua hasn't practiced with Fuller the in, like pretty much the entire camp, uh, and he needs those reps with Fuller, especially like those those you know game like reps. Why why would you sit Tua? But you would play Wolf Fuller because the, both those guys need to gain some sort of chemistry together. I feel, and yeah, they can do that in practice. But at the same time, it's like you want to see if they could do it in a game like setting too. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really understand it. It's not really a big deal. I mean, I want Tua to stay healthy, so why risk playing him? But at the same time, then why are you gonna risk playing Wolf Fuller and Devontae Parker when you know those guys are delicate too? So I don't know. Whatever. Right, Mike, go on to your next topic. All right, next topic is ranting Rob's whiny rants. <laughs> ranting Rob's writing. From <laughs> around the NFL. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, so my rant today, as like we mentioned last week, I'm always going to rant something not necessarily related to the Dolphins. But just anything in general that's just annoying. Uh, last week was the Tim Tebow discussion how I thought about him. Today I want to talk about comparing quarterbacks who haven't even played a snap in the regular season to all-time legends. Uh, Mr. Tony Romo, a uh, quarterback who I've never been fond of, literally called Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback of the New York Jets, Dan Marino, the next Dan Marino. I wanted to throw up hearing that. You're comparing yep. Zach Wilson, some dude that I bet you none of you fans knew about till last year. Comparing to an all-time great quarterback who played all four years at Pitt, broken every record there. The only reason he dropped in the draft was because of some sort of drug rumor. And by his second year in the league, he broke every passing record you can think of in an era where no one was throwing the ball. We're comparing Zach Wilson to him. We compared Mac Jones to Tom Brady. He's going to be the next Tom Brady. He's not. There is no... Tom Brady made a Super Bowl like every other year. Yeah. Made a Super Bowl appearance every other year and won some. So, so you're saying Mac Jones is going to be a seven-time world champion? Sure. Sure. 
And keep it keep in mind Tom Brady didn't even started out as a big fat nobody. No one knew who Tom Brady is. Yeah. At the time. We, we compared Joe Burrow to Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. I mean, let's just name every and let's just name every Hall of Fame quarterback from what it sounded like with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow already got his ace got his knee destroyed. He, he may not even play that good this year. Stop. We called we called Tua Tagovailoa, left-handed Drew Brees, and we were begging, we we're begging Dan Reno to let him wear his number 13 jersey number because Tua wore that in college. And then one year later, one year later, we all wanted the draft to somebody else. Stop. 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 Listen to me, everybody. There is no such thing as the next this or the next that. Okay? There is no such thing as that. Because great all-time greats don't try to be the next that. They try to be the only them. Okay? Russell Wilson is trying to be the only Russell Wilson. Peyton Manning try to be the only Peyton Manning. Tom Brady is the only Tom Brady. None of those none of these guys coming out will ever make a scratch of what those guys those quarterbacks are doing, okay? Dan Marino was a 6'4", 230-pound passing machine. John Elway, literally everybody knew John Elway was going to be the best thing since sliced bread, but they weren't comparing John Elway to anybody. John Elway was just John Elway, okay? John Elway is Joe Cool. I, I hate, I think, and I think it's just bad when you're giving these young quarterbacks in an era where social media runs wild and there's millions of debate shows and talk radio and sports cast and podcasts and parts that like we're calling these guys their next this. You're giving these young guys unrealistic expectations and you're just making a mockery of these all-time great players literally proved why they became all-time great. Because they showed it on no the field. No respect for the God. They showed it on the field. I'm sorry, Mac Jones is never going to beat Tom Brady, everybody. That's not happening. Patrick Mahomes may not even beat Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes may not even beat Tom. And Patrick Mahomes is on his way of being an all-time great. Because you know why? Because Patrick Mahomes believes in, is trying to be the only Patrick Mahomes. Okay? He's not trying to be the next this or the next that. No. He is who he is. And that's a lesson I want to give all you young quarterbacks out there who stumble upon this podcast. Don't listen to anybody that says you're going to be the next this or the next one. Because it's never going to happen. You just be you. So, please, media people, Tony Romo, stop saying stupid shit. Stop saying st- Man, I want to curse so bad. Stop it. It's annoying. It's unfair to the young guys. It's insulting to the legends. That's not how this league works, man. You dictate your greatness. Don't try to chase something that you know deep down you'll never. And guys like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones and Joe Burrow. They're never going to be 
the Joe Montanas, the Dan Marinos, the Peyton Mannings of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world. It's not how this game works. You, All right, you become your greatness. Simple as that. So stop it. It's annoying. I hate it. I can't stand it. Robbie T hates little whining babies like Zach Wilson. Not really hating on him. I just hate people preparing it, calling him the next Dan Marino. It's not happening. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is the next Dan Marino. He's not, so he's gonna he's, so he's gonna throw for like six thousand yards in his second year with that team. You know. Yeah. And he's gonna make a Super Bowl. He's gonna take the Jets to the Super Bowl in his second year. I'll bet. I'll bet. I'm just kidding. I'll bet he's not gonna you. do that because the Jets suck. Anyway, I got to get out of here. Bye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, Mike. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.